no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's so that's um okay. Here we go. Action Bronson meets hot dogs. Get gets hot dogs. No, meets Mike Ditka gets hot dogs with riffraff. No, I saw this the riffraff part. This okay. is at um Doug's hot dogs in Chicago. Well, hello everybody out there, Music Video Land, and welcome to another edition of This Week in Music Videos, a podcast that keeps you up to date on what's going on with music videos. We're talking about uh, those music videos, aka filmed inserts. I'm trying to get that slang going. My name is Adam. Uh, This podcast is brought to you by IMVDB, the internet music video database at imvdb.com. With me as usual from Bushwick. New York uh, is Doug Klinger. How you, Doug? I'm I'm doing super good, Adam. Uh, I'm doing super good. <laughs> you, but you live in Bushwick, don't you? I do. I'm st- I'm still recovering from uh, uh, the that you were you're trying to get the slang out there. The film didn't say the slang. Yeah, yeah, that's it's big great. time. You know, we got to have Urban Dictionary. I Google Urban Dictionary phrases a lot during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, with me, with us as as usual, is Mr. Adam Alexander, Fringe Music Fix. How you doing, Adam? I'm doing pretty good. Ready to go once again. Oh, boy. That <laughs> never you... sounds genuine. Yeah, you, it's <laughs> very utilitarian. We never believe you when you say that, so great. And I had I had the idea to, because people may listen to these in the past, and I kind of reference what, like, I think people like kind of know what's going on in the world based on like what songs are super popular. So if somebody's listening to this a decade in in the future, they can kind of get an idea. And my favorite way to gauge that is a Billboard Hot 100. And the number one uh, song this week is "Uptown Funk" by Mark Ronson featuring Bruno Mars, which I'm very glad has climbed to number one. Because uh, it's like the video is Vivo certified now. It is Vivo Survive, and that's a fantastic video as well, directed by uh, Cameron Duddy, I believe. Yes, who was on this podcast. Um, and just FYI, if not FYI, but just listen up. If if you're uh, listening to this podcast in, in 10 years in the future, email us and tell us what uh, pants are popular. Right. And I think the way email works 10 years from now is that we'll get it now? We're going to get it now, so we can. we're going to get... We're gonna find out the the new the hot takes on pants, <laughs> but early. We're gonna be way ahead, ahead of the curve where like, where it counts. Way ahead, ahead of the pants curve because pants I, the pants fashion changes so so significantly did, so significantly. You look at like shows like Mad Men and the pants are just like what are those? Like sometimes I'm like what are those? What has he got on? What are those? Oh, those are <sighs> pants. Weird. So, so we're talking about as we always do. Uh, pants. The week, yeah, pants. The week in music videos. Um, what's popular? What's been going on? Um, what's, get, what do we think are neat? What do we think are neat? And uh, this week is kind of a, I don't want to say indie week, but it's one of those weeks where we don't have like a super very poppy song at the top of the music video charts. We've got artists like The Weeknd and Charlie XCX, a little bit of Imagine Dragons. But it's not well, like those are, those are big artists, but they're certainly not like uh, they're not rocking multi-digit, multi-mil, multi digit, multi multi. 
They don't have <laughs> what a you... on here. Yeah, they don't have double-digit million views in the in a single week. Correct. Like we had, like we had last week with with um, sugar. Yeah, sugar, which like ended the week with you know like thirty-five million views. Um. So I was wondering if we could talk about this Charlie XCX video for doing it. Yeah, I think, um, I think we should start doing it. It'll probably be the second most popular video of the week, and it's it's interesting. It's not like Charlie is incapable of like reaching high view count levels. Her her boom clap video directed by Sing J Lee, uh, who is going to be the first guest on our interview podcast. Um, uh, that's a promise. Uh, that video is over 129 or 130 million views, so she can get she can get up into those numbers, but she hasn't kind of reached them since that video. Um, well, I think Charlie XCX has a, a bit of an uphill battle because she's kind of, and I don't think through any like, I think it's been a strategy for her. She's been like the chorus singer on on some amazingly popular songs, most notably "Fancy" by Azalea, which was an unbelievably massive hit as well as I Love It by Icona, Icona Pop from 2012. So she's one of those, she's, you know, she's kind of teetering on the edge of being like that girl, you know, the the one people maybe don't know by name, but they yeah, definitely exactly. have heard many songs that she's in, which I think is, is, is a way to make a career in film. Um, I don't think that's where a lot of pop stars want to be for whatever reason or, or not um even though that i think it is like a viable career but she's definitely trying very very hard to break out of that mold i think it's just weird though that like as i'm watching this video i'm like i'm like why am i watching both of these artists together right now like i don't understand why like this this remix of this song, which is a song that I really love, one of my favorite songs off the Charlie XCX album. Doing it. Yeah, doing it. Like, why it now has Rita Ora. Essentially, just like, as far as I could tell, I never looked, I never put the lyrics side to side, but like, just singing the second verse, like, mm-hmm. same lyrics, just now Rita Ora's ver- ver- voice. And they're like, together performing, like, I don't, uh, like, I, you know, like, if, Ariana Grande does a song with Nicki Minaj. Like you understand the purpose of pairing those two artists together for each of those artists. Like, what is having Rita Ora in this song or in video like helping or doing for Charlie? I mean, uh, obviously, like we're kind of used to seeing like uh, an artist of a of a bigger caliber or more popular with one that's maybe less popular but like you said or just an artist that's like doing something different right like what Nicki Minaj is like a rapper who's it can be like explicit and like pairing her with Ariana Grande like makes Ariana Grande then like have a song that can be explicit you know and like it kind of like adds maturity to Ariana Grande. So, and the same is like fancy, you know, Iggy Azalea is a rapper and she doesn't sing and you bring Charlie XCX onto the song who can sing like a hook that people like to listen to and it makes like a perfect pop song. Like that it's serving a purpose. Like what's Rita Ora doing here? Why yeah, is she around? There's not a whole lot of contrast. They kind of do a very similar thing. And neither of them is really pushing the other forward uh, in terms of popularity. They're pretty close, I think. In, in and, in the vi- and in the video, they're doing the same thing. They're just like, <laughs> when they're performing, they're just like, 
swinging their hips around and looking fly, which like neat, but like why is it why is it coming at me in this one video? You know why is it where why? So like, it's interesting to, to the, it's kind of interesting factoid that both Charlie XCX and Rita Ora uh, were featured on Iggy Azalea songs. Um, and I love Charlie XCX and I love Rita Ora. Um, I think it's going to be tough for either of them to kind of break into the Iggy Azalea level, not, not from like a talent perspective, but I think from just a, a you know, there's so many weirdly, you know, you look at some of the, the, the people who have made it really, really huge in the last few years. There's so many weirdly kind of compelling things about them. Uh, Iggy Azalea and like Nicki Minaj and Ariana Grande um, are so such like weird out there personalities, kind of larger than life personalities. And I think Rita Ora and Charlie XCX are not quite uh, like out there as they are and i think they come across in this video we should describe a little bit about what this video is is about it's it's a it's directed by adam powell um and it's 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 very i I watched this video and i and i tried to pick up several threads that i kind of had to drop because i didn't know what was going on um yeah i don't think i think i don't think that this video has a narrative no but it starts out kind of kind of trying to convince you that it has a narrative it, it it's the opening shot is of like a man in a suit next to a telephone booth yeah right but like then looking then off camera doing it like doing yeah, a commercial but that, pitch that never like connects and there's like mm-hmm. um there's like f- static in between mm-hmm. so like in my head that was just like after watching it a second time i'm like this is just someone like flipping through the channels and then they just like landed on to whatever this charlie xcx rita aura like like plotless movie yeah but and but then and they're kind of like a thelma and louise type character they have yeah, like, like a, maybe because they're driving but there's no like yeah but they do kind of i don't know they kind of like half rob a convenience store maybe they just well, buy yeah. things really quickly i don't know no 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 no. they're definitely like robbing and there's a car but there's no like and they're two ladies that I, but that's essentially like like i don't remember thelma and louise like having strippers or fat guys in bikinis mm-hmm. or like you know what I mean? Like all of that stuff, and all of that stuff is like that's 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 the stuff that frustrates me the most um, about this video uh, is the is the is like it's not necessary to to just throw music video tropes into a music video. Like this music video would have been fine without the fat guy in the speedo or the <laughs> or the male strippers, and and it and it, and it would have been the same video. It probably better because like. That shit is dumb. Like those things are tired. Like those have been done a hundred times. Are, but those are the things that BuzzFeed likes. That's right. <laughs> this this premiered on BuzzFeed. We should mention. And, and I would argue that that some people, a lot of people, still like the fat naked guy in a thong. Not me. Yeah, but who? But anyone who? Anyone who Charlie XCX is like trying to appeal to? I think that audience is changing. Hmm. Which is an interesting. What audience? Yeah, are Charlie XCX audience? Yeah, because Adam mentioned that um, neither of them are very out there, but I think Charlie started being a little bit out there, and she's tamed it down quite a bit. I don't. So, in terms of like Charlie, like she's she's made her last two albums are really great, and like as as far as I'm Definitely. concerned, like she could she could keep making really great albums, and 
and that can and that's gonna be the like a that's a fine career like what's wrong with that like yeah like she might not be ariana grande level like but you know it, 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 she she keeps making like great albums like that's a that's a different type of career i think but uh you know i guess not the type of career you hope to gain by doing songs with iggy azalea so yeah. there's there's also so just a few of the images in this video because this is one of those videos that jumps from a lot you know image to image to image kind of in a kind of a who's the director that did the your life is a lie video uh uh tom Kuntz, right yeah um, yes and it, it kind of has, you know, it also jumps from like medium to medium. So something will be really super saturated or dark, and some will, some something will be like very very grainy, like a like a film. Um, so one of the I think the most compelling images in here. First of all, I love Rita Ora, and I think she she has like a very kind of effortless, you know, camera presence and presence in general. And it's kind of fun seeing her with Charlie X, X especially in the more candid moments there's a part where two like male strippers dressed as cops show up and they start stripping and it's kind of fun to watch them in that moment um but there's also like she's also dressed up as like charlie xcx is dressed up as like a cowboy some sort of like cowboy with all pink which is which is kind of seems like something that would be around a lot but i haven't seen that much and it kind of suits her um she even kind of leads a weird group dance at the end of all the characters in the video where it's My, very clear that nobody has any idea what they're doing that's that's all the stuff that worked for me the, Man, for, the pink for, cowgirl and, and the line dance the, i liked that yeah it was fun for me that what works been... is i like i'm into the i'm into the i'm into the stuff with charlie by the pool um mm-hmm. before before the fat guy enters frame so like I feel like that stuff is like it's like really good like natural Charlie performance like shot really strange through this like really familiar like um Pool like gate. those those like fences yeah mm-hmm. those seem really familiar but everything else about the scene seems like strange and out of place and so it's like a really interesting just juxtaposition and her performance seems great and like really natural um and then, like the fat guy walks in a frame, and I'm like, "Fuck this shot!" Like <laughs> I, I loved it. Now I hate it. it but I, but just... this this isn't the kind of video. I mean, the thing that I think Charlie XCX and Rita Ora as well lacks is like, and I hate to say it because it sounds so like uh, cliche or just like obvious, but like a a brand in a way. And and you don't build a brand. I mean, these are. I like this video a lot, but it's not like a brand building video. Even the Break the Rules video by Mark Klasfeld, who is, you know, a, a seasoned director, kind of legendary director. I don't think he knew what to do with her, either. I I, I don't know if anybody kind of knows what to do with her or what her brand is or what to. I mean, maybe a director Ryan will come Andrews along. Knew. Well, so that's. Uh, I, I think it's different. I think it's doing a thing. But that's a, I think the scenario is different there. I, I feel like all right. So I feel like if you like look at the brother video first, because that's the one that was made first, and for like, breaking look, up, for breaking up, and like look at the style and like re- and references that are used in that video, you can pick up elements of that 
in every video she's done since. Um, like this very like cult film, like retro aesthetic. Like there are moments in these videos that like still feel like you can pull them like straight from a 90s video. Like the in- intentional like um, like chroma driving with mm-hmm. the like fake background and stuff. Like I feel like you can see the threads if you're like starting from that from that brother video, which doesn't make sense in reality, right? Because like that's not how but, I mean, music videos Doug, work. Doug, I think the the Ryan Andrews ones had that '90s thread as well. Well, the Ryan Andrews continued one are, with it. I think the Ryan Andrews videos are more. It's a different kind of. It's the Ryan it Andrews. The Ryan Andrews videos are like a copy of a copy. Not not in like a disrespectful way, but sure. like in the way that like Tumblr tries to be '90s, but it never like it, it's not. And then like. Then the Charlie video, the Ryan Andrews and Charlie videos are like Tumblr inspired. And sure. so they have those 90s threads, but they're like through a different internet yeah. vessel. I do feel like the brother video is a lot more like direct, directly sure. referencing the 80s and 90s stuff. Whereas like the, the Ryan Andrews stuff is, is through like that internet prism first but i would say that uh i mean in comparison to rita aura the 90s stuff is charlie's brand i think she has kind of formulated a, a bit of a a style image or what not but i don't I just think, think it's a, a very comp- I, I just don't think it's a very it's not singular enough. vision you know no it yeah, may yeah, not be enough it's just one thing it's like all right not like that's that's cool like that's a place to, to start and like who knows like why we haven't been able to pick up on that because like I don't think that I don't think personally that it's like a thing where Charlie is like doesn't have a personal direction that she wants to go that's deeper than 90s like the 90s sure but like uh, whether or not like we can get like whether or not like that's able to flourish or or she wants it to flourish or what like there's a reason why we're not able to find it and so, uh, but but I think it, it's really kind of, I don't know how, in what way it's instructive. But for me, the best that both Charlie XCX and Rita Ora have looked, from like a styling perspective and from like a something that sticks to you, with you perspective, is their Director X directed videos for Fancy, and uh, oh geez, what's the other one? Um, Black Widow. Yeah, I mean Rita Ora looks fantastic in Black Widow, and Charlie XCX looks amazing and fancy, and not just in a way that where they look you know pretty or whatever, but Charlie XCX looks like Charlie XCX. Uh, you know she she's uh, she's kind of unencumbered by all these other pieces, which is not to say she shouldn't make videos like that, and not to say her image shouldn't be like that, but I think that if it's important to look to those kind of things because those are branding moments for her. Um, even yeah. the break the rules video. I mean, she, she like, I keep going back to that because that's the closest she's gotten to, to kind of bringing on like a super mainstream director to be, you know, to, to bolster her image. And instead of focusing on, you know, Charlie XCX as the main, you know, focal point of the video, Mark Klasfeld kind of, 
yeah, but I don't back look at, on I don't like look on at like that. other images like school buses and like yeah no know. yeah definitely well but I don't look at the break the rules video having Mark Classfield as like a move that an artist does to bolster their image I feel like hiring really? a director hiring a director like Mark Classfield is what you do when you want like the safest possible bet like you just know yeah, you're gonna I mean, get Doug, your, you just know you're gonna get your bread and direction. butter like that's it. Like, yeah, like Mark Glassfield I mean, is a, the direction is a that she's teasing now. She that that's what she's been pushing lately. Whether it's the label or whatnot, I actually think Either at this way, point though. I'd be happy if she went full high production pop, like a clean high got like a fancy with a Charlie solo song. That I feel is what needs to happen now because that's what's been teased for three videos now. I'm not just talking about Charlie at this point. Like I'm talking about what an artist is doing by hiring Mark Classfield or a director like Mark Classfield. I think think what that that artist is doing, whether whatever they want, what they're doing is they just want like the most safe, bland, like music video you can do. Like you don't, you're not trying to make any risk as an artist by hiring, hiring Mark Classfield. Um, but there's director X, you, director X, you could, you are taking like director yeah. X will make you will make you a safe video nine out of ten times. But I still feel like director X is a more rigid director and will take a risk if he wants to. And I feel like director X, like although it might not be our favorite types of videos, is like making the videos he wants to make. And Mark Classfield feels like a guy who's like making the videos that he thinks the labels want. I I mean, I realize you know I do agree that Mark Klasfeld is more of a safer bet, but I feel like the idea that somebody his videos are still really good, I think, and I think they're they're really enjoyable. I mean, if you look on his page, the number one video is you know Last Friday Night by Katy Perry, um, which is co-directed by Mark Klasfeld and Danny Lockwood, which in its way is kind of a risk-taking music video i mean this music video is what like at like a nine minute like eight eight minute and ten eleven second video that plays like a little movie that has kenny g that has all these like different elements in it um which is you know on the on the safe side in terms of image but is like fun all this all the same and i think that's what he did for like florida georgia line um and uh who was the other like even Britney Spears for that like dumb ooh la la video you know it's like it's a it's still kind of a fun video and I I, and like I think he 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 got to Charlie XCX and Break the Rules is has 18 million views but it's not like a fun video I still think somebody has to break the rules to make it fun terrible video I know it's it's, somebody needs to make a fun and I'm not saying that any like Adam Powell is an amazing director he's made some of my favorite videos of all time his video for girls by the 1975 is yeah it's a fantastic video he's a great director he's a great director and Charlie's worked with great directors but somebody needs to make her fun it seems like, I don't know, like you guys mentioned, I think everyone's a little bit confused about what to do with her because she still wants to be like the indie pop. They want to convey that, but they also want her to be bigger pop, and, and none of these directors are quite sure how far to go in what direction. I just don't know if I'm ready to, like, if I'm ready to say anybody is confused. Like, mm. what, we, what we're what we getting could be what they want to 
what everyone wants to give us. Charlie, the label, Mark Classfield, everybody. These are the videos that they that everybody wanted to make. And these are like the artistic moves that everybody wanted to make. Like this could not be confusion. Like we could be reading it as confusion, but like I'm, I just can't. I'm just like not ready to place that over it. Oh, um, we all we agree that that they're missing the mark, though. Like nobody's loving these videos. I don't think breaking up misses the mark. No, it doesn't. I'm not. We always have to exclude the brother one. I'm speaking to. Well, I'm the, not just saying that for like a reason. Like bro. Bro the brother video isn't necessarily super fun, but it's also a song about breaking up, and it's all, it's like I don't know. I th I think that's it. I think it's a good video, and the yeah, like the boom clap is is also like uh, the the Sing J Lee video. I think lit exists as an outlier because it sure. of the of how how tightly it was tied into the release. And, of and the that's film. our most popular solo video. I mean, that's and that I think it says a ton about. Uh, that video and sing Jay Lee that it's in front of the Mark Classfield video, um, in terms of popularity, it's by a mile. Yeah, um, but in terms of like this specific video, specific video of doing it, you know, I I agree, Doug, that I think that one of the challenges that Adam Powell faced was that you have two artists that are not really like. Not, I wouldn't say complement each other, but they're not really differentiated en enough to be for Rita Orta to like feature on a Charlie XCX record. So he had a massive challenge in sort of bringing them together. I do think he did a really good job of instead of like putting them in different worlds, just bringing them together in the same world because they're going to be there anyway. Um, you know, uh, and I think that's their chemistry is is really apparent in this video. That's one of the things I really liked it. Yeah, and they they seem like they were genuinely having fun with each other. None yeah. of that none of that stuff seems forced. Um, it, it's not like the situation. It's not like Iggy Azalea and J Lo. And and can we mention that? Uh, I think this is the first time I've seen somebody wearing like bell bottoms and platform shoes in a video in a while, and they obviously look amazing on Charlie X. Yeah, I did but... like some, I did like some of the outfits a lot. It had some cool stuff. Yeah, especially the. Um... Yeah, I'm looking at the behind-the-scenes pictures. They've got a great picture of Charlie XCX and Rita Ora hitchhiking, and Charlie XCX is wearing those bell-bottom jeans. Um, or no, not jeans, but like some sort of striped pants. And I could definitely, I'd be okay if those came denim. Back. Who knows if they're denim? I don't think anything like extreme. I think the '70s are an outlier in terms of fashion. I don't know if a lot of things from that era are coming back, but it's kind of fun to see it in a video. This is definitely the pants episode. Oh, yeah. We're, we're back to the pants. It's good, though. It's cool. So should we talk about another video about with pants? Um, what video or are you talking Or one with about? no pants. We could I mean, every video has pants. I'm thinking every video has pants. We gotta, well, I mean, we're going to spend a little bit of time in this baby love video, so why don't we get into it? <laughs> Why don't we do one that we like? That we all all right. Fine. Look, let's talk about baby love. I I, I like this video. This is oh, I love this video too. This is just gonna be another like. It could get anyway. Let's talk about baby love because I do like this video too. We, so, we won't let it get. Yeah, we won't let it get to us. Good, I, I good, agree with Adam. So let's dig into the good stuff. Let's talk a little bit about this video. I'll, I'll kind of just describe it first. Um, this this the artist is, and I had not heard of her. I know Adam. And probably Doug have heard of her, but I I was unfamiliar with her before I watched this video. I'm, I'm admitting, and that is her name is uh, Petite Melier. Is that how you'd say it, Adam? Yeah, 
You got it. Uh, and she is a French uh, singer slash songwriter. And she's been around for a few years. And as the name would indicate, she is very tiny, very tiny white woman. Um, and she has a few videos. I think the first like kind of breakthrough video for her was a video called uh, NYC Time from last year, from uh, July of last year. And this video that uh, came out this week is called Baby Love. And she's, I mean, her she's one of those artists that it's all in the styling. Um, she has uh, way too much cheek rouge on, I guess, a cheek blush, whatever you call it. Um, and she kind of dresses in these like very either, um, I don't even know how to describe it. She, she, yeah, she that's has, I was, I was ready to see how you were going to just like be able to bottle, one, bottle her fashion one, into a sentence. <laughs> the one outfit very much looks like, uh, like something that maybe a baby would wear. Well, somebody that, somebody <laughs> in an article that I read like definitely struck a chord with me and mentioned that she's very much like a young Mia Farrow. Like you remember like Mia Farrow and like the Rosemary's baby era where, um, you know, Mia Farrow was, you know, in the age that petite Melia is in the sixties where she was wearing all these like kind of like they're, modern dresses. Outfits are extravagant. That's how I extravagant. Would yeah. Like in like the yellow dress that she wears in a lot of the, vi- this video has kind of like weird modern sixties elements to it, but she's also dressed like basically in like, like Adam said, like somebody that a baby would wear basically underwear for a lot of the video. And, and a, almost a baby bonnet at one point. Yeah. yeah she's got all sorts of crazy hats. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just like flowers on the top of her head. Uh, it's a lot of dancing, right? But we should mention so the kind of central element of her videos, at least in the NYC, uh, what is it, the uh, NYC Time video and Baby Love, is a really kind of tough to describe and tough to start a conversation about. Well, who knows, does anyone know where this Baby Love video was shot? I do not know. Adam. I, I don't know, and I'm terrible at like, guessing based well, that, on no, what I see. It that. looks like Africa. It looks like Africa, that. yeah. That's the important part. Um, yeah, that's the idea, I guess, that they're trying to get across. Because she's basically, so basically this this like white woman who looks like she's 12, um, wearing like pigtails and too much you know blush on, um, dancing. She's like very white. She's paler than me. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, um, and she's dancing in like basically like, villages in africa but not villages where people are these are you know colonized villages where people are in like you know the kids are in school uniforms um but they still have you know grass huts basically uh and that's that's kind of like the central concept of this video some of the houses seem a little fancier that she's in um and there's just it's just dancing right her and uh, her dancing sometimes with them, and and then a lot of like have like really composed shots, right? There's like a lot of like obviously like none of the shots were like handheld, run and gun. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a lot of like natural energy in the video, but like everything seems really composed. Like the framing seems really like calculated. Um, yeah, actually, I think that probably has something to do with uh, the directors At Man and, and Napoleon. Habeka, I'm not sure how to say the last name, but that the Napoleon guy was an American apparel photographer. 
Hmm. So I think we get a lot of that style of uh, composition. Yeah, in this video <laughs> that makes that. that just makes things a lot make a lot more sense now. That just made, yeah, seriously, so much more sense. So here's the thing, I, th- I think it's really like I think it, it it's important to bring up. I was surprised when googling this video that there weren't like more you know think pieces about cultural appropriation. Um, Adam, Adam, either Adam, have either of you guys come across any anybody like talking about that? No, but um, but I wonder has the video really reached an audience to merit those? Or merit is probably not the word, but maybe it doesn't have the uh, the audience yet. Mm, I think but- it would if it was a Katy Perry video. We'd see some think pieces. I mean, seventy thousand views in a couple of days is pretty significant, isn't it? Like, like that's. I mean, it's not. I mean, we we de- like we talk about Katy Perry videos and stuff on this podcast a lot, but like seventy thousand views in a couple of days is is not nothing. But I think that the the key element is I think it's a little too smart for that like basic cultural appropriation label. Like when if Taylor Swift is gonna go, you know. Um, on our hands and knees underneath a bunch of twerking black ladies, you know, of course, you know, every every blogger opens up a new post. I can guarantee you if Taylor Swift made this same video, the internet would explode. Yeah, yeah but she couldn't, she couldn't have made this video for a number of reasons. Yeah. And number one is that the, the, the thread that is like kind of through this video specifically it, it, it is like, you know, cultural – colonialism uh, french colonialism of um uh you know africa basically um but that is kind of the thing she is like the one white woman in these african you know environments and not and, and not just any african environment these are all children um and these are all children in school clothes and even one of the environments she's in is this sort of ramshackle schoolhouse this is very much if, if if you know uh, about these images and kind of like have experienced these images, you know exactly what she's referencing here. And so, do you think that it's because of that that it's that it, you like that you think it works in its favor of why it hasn't been talked about in terms of cultural appropriation? Yeah, I just think it's too. I, I think it's playing with it in too smart a way like i said you know if, if you're lily allen and you've got twerking ladies in the background and they happen to all be black that's a very easy thing for a blogger to pick out and be like well you know she's using you know black people as a, as an ornament um to kind of bolster her image this is much more complicated especially because of the fact that she's not just sort of appearing as any normal person she's appearing as sort of like an infantilism, infantilized, I think, version of herself in her styling and even in, in the way she sings and the way she acts. There's, I mean, there's a very weirdly, very, very weird scene in this video where she wears, I think, the, like the skimpiest version of anything she's worn. And she's walking into basically a room filled with a bunch of dudes um, who are all playing instruments and staring at her. Um, and it's at that point you realize like how intentional all this is and how 
uh, there's so many more factors at play here than just like, oh, she's appropriating something. Well, and obviously, like there is a, a, like the way that it's shot, also like with it, the way that it's composed, also mirrors that feeling of it all being intentional. And I, and I don't disagree with that. I just still like there's still like moments that feel like uh, there there is a separation, and there are moments. Um, in particularly the NYC Time video where the p- other people in the video feel ornamental. Um, I think that's much more of a clear-cut case. So walk us through the NYC Time video a little bit. Well, the, in the NYC Time video, which is also directed by the same two guys, um, is her being, like, carried by this, like, big dude... Um, and then there are times where she's like kind of performing in front of, in front of like these four black dudes who like seem like like just like they're maybe from New York or something like that. The song's kind of about New York, and it they it definitely like end up in New York City. There are definitely times where they don't appear to be in New York City. At, like, well, they start in like a like like a country road, basically. Yeah, right. And he's like carrying her there. Is kind of carrying her to New York City, and then like. Um, so, yeah, once she gets there, there are these guys, and she's kind of, like, performing in front of them as they kind of just, like, kind of stand in a b-boy stance or something. They kind of just <laughs> lean up. I think one has actually has an Adidas, an entire Adidas. Yeah, like, they kind of have, like, that kind of kind of outfit on, right? Like, a, like they seem like they're, like, plucked from an 80s rap video, and they're just, like, standing there, kind of leaned up, like stand, like, with their arms crossed. As she's kind of like dancing in front of them, and like those are moments to me that like feel like are uh, are that like the the people that aren't her in that video feel like props. Mm-hmm. So well, the, what, the the guy who's carrying I, her there is a big black guy, and he's very literally a prop, kind of. I mean, he's just you don't even see his face ever. Yeah. So how do you know? Because he's completely covered in like sweats and stuff. How did you know he was a black guy? Yeah, you can you can see it a little right around his neck if you wanted to look for that. Well, I guess I was assuming that maybe that was like a scarf or something. I guess no, you, I, can, I, no, you can see his ears. You yeah. can, can you can see part of his face too. And and, and there's a part Adam, you know, like you remember when he like turns around and he's got like they cover his face in like green screen paint kind of or whatever they did. Yeah, and right. It's all or through his face. Well, or they just or they just paint it out. Hmm. Um, so. I don't really know what it all means. Like, I think I, I don't I know. Think, though, uh, like, if we looked, if we wanted to look hard enough, and I'm not gonna do this because I don't want to, but I bet you there's a think piece for this video out there. I'm just surprised that there haven't been. Is my main point. Like, and yeah, and, and, and these are like the reasons why. Like, these are things where, you, like, yeah, if it wasn't Petite Mueller and it was Taylor Swift, which, like, at the size of our thumbnails on our site. Like easily could be like you can't really <laughs> tell the difference. Like it's That's just true. Um, so like yeah, like yes, like she's French and 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 there are different perspectives. But like you know, it didn't like uh, it didn't save Lord from like getting people like talking smack because she like said gold chains are lame. Like that's even further. Like Lord never danced in front of four black guys. So or I don't or, know. or was it? Soul, you know, white person in, you know, basically posing in front of African villages. I just think it goes 
I think in the U.S. we have a very, and especially on the internet, we tend to have this very like binary view of either something is existing on its own or either something's being lifted up by denigrating something else or appropriating something else. I think somebody looks at this and it's too complicated to fit into that like binary model. Well, hmm. and that's also another piece of it. Um, she's not an American artist. These exactly, aren't American yeah. filmmakers. For whatever reason, uh, they don't seem to be as targeted with these think pieces and commentaries as the American artists do. Well, I think they just have like an additional layer of like defense against it necessarily. Like, I mean, the most recent example I think of is Lord. So, um, right. and and and, That's true. and what's the She's and what's the American. other one? Hard out here for a bitch. Um, <laughs> oh, Lily Allen. Yeah, Lily Allen yeah. too. She okay. got it too. There's so, a couple that got it. So fuck your point, Adam. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Uh, but, um, but it's just I'm gonna write a think piece about you. <laughs> well, I just like don't. I don't have the think. Like I certainly am not the person who would write a think piece because I don't know what the, the. I don't know what it all. What it all means. It's. It just feels like the type of thing where like, if because I feel like the people who write think pieces, as much as like we joke about them, oftentimes have legitimate points, and uh, and these are the types of images that I usually see associated with think pieces about this, and so there's no way that it was done without like knowledge of that, especially if these guys are like American apparel photographers. Um, but it's just an interesting thing. I feel like it's something that they, it's a it's a thing that they want to a conversation they are like hoping is associated with this. I guess I don't want to get into that type of speculation. But the, the thing is, is that I think the French, especially, and other European countries have a longer history of sort of dealing with colonialism in art. I mean, I remember in film school watching, um, you know, several, you know, feature films, independent feature films that dealt with, you know, the colonization of, of French Algeria, which is the country that I was, I failed to recall when talking about the Charlie Hebdo attacks. Um, oh, you got there. Yeah, I got there. I got the Wikipedia page open. <laughs> um but it's you know United States doesn't have that to deal with. They don't have such a complicated history in that way. Um, and I, I mean, there's many complicated things about the history of the United States, and I think we deal with it without even really knowing that we're talking about it and dealing with it. In the same way, we look at something like like this, this this sort of you know, very, uh, you know, a video that's very kind of referencing and I think bringing in many, many references that us as American viewers don't really understand. I think somebody somebody who's French watching this video, you know, steeped in French culture would, would bring something away from this very, very different. And I think it would still be provocative, but it would be still be different. But I and think... I, and yeah, I also think that... Uh, just in general, um, North America is much more sensitive to uh, appropriation than like, countries outside of of uh, the United States and Canada. That like we're the we're the ones writing the think pieces. Interestingly enough, mm -hmm. I don't think I, don't th I think maybe sensitive. I think conscious would be a more appropriate word, but it's sure it depends how same, you view it. It still gets the same point. Um, yeah. 
Anyway, um, but did you guys, did you guys like this video? As the well, yes, I love this video. This is a great I video. I love this fucking video. I love this fucking song. I love Petit Mueller. Everything is fucking fantastic. Um, but we kind of trudged in a whole bunch of other territory for a while instead. We tried um, not to, but we. And so, because it's unfortunate though, like, just to go real back real quick, like. That her that the music is so approachable for not French people. Is <laughs> the song so great that like I watch it and I'm like, who, who's mad about this? Who's mad? Who's well, mad? you're looking for people to be mad, and I think that that when you're like practicing that, or when you're looking for that, I it's not there. I don't think it's gonna be there for this video, and I don't think it's gonna be there be- because it has less than 100k views. I think it's not gonna be there because. The point isn't there. Because the point isn't there because it's done in a really artful way. I mean, if you take images out of it and put them in a vacuum, yeah. there, there could be a She's meant to be a pro- provocative artist, but I think that, you know, a provocative and a... I think the thing that Americans f- freak out about is when a non-provocative artist stumbles into something where the, everybody can be like, ah, oh, you, you know, we got you about this. Like, you, you, you know, you fucked up here. Like with the Taylor Swift thing, you know, you know, say we will about Taylor Swift, but I don't think she ever ever been like a provocateur in any real sense. Um, but right, when that when that when the, the Shake It Off video came out, everybody was like, ah, oh, shit, you know, like we got like uh, you know we got a week's worth of blog content right here right. Um, that we can stoke. And I, but the thing is that Taylor Swift wasn't trying to say anything or like reference anything besides. Dancing. Besides dancing, yeah. She wasn't really... I don't think she was trying to say anything about the relationship of, like, you know, uh, uh, white people versus people who, you know, black women who twerk. She was making no cultural statement at all. She was just... They just picked out ten different dances, dance Mm. types. Gifs. Ten gifs. And and recreated them with Taylor Swift. And so... And, like, you know, and and try... uh, Yeah, whatever. But those (laughs) those think pieces came fast. Uh, oh, they came. They came hard and fast. But um, I mean, this gross. is a. I mean, so let me just say the theme of the week. I think this is a pretty sexy week. We talked about Charlie XCX in her bell bottoms. I mean, I'm gonna go. There's there are parts of the baby love video that are sexy. I guess if you're into that shit, and then <laughs> we should talk. <laughs> yeah. It's Adam, super sexy. I'm Adam, don't talk. Shit, Adam, don't talk. Don't just don't even start to tell us about yeah, what you, you like. Sorry, this video. <laughs> keep away. Well. Stay back, man. Um, but there's another video that I think kind of took it to another level. Oh wow! Um, it's by this. It is, what's that? Oh uh, yeah. Okay. this artist that I haven't heard of before called the week, uh, the, the, week weekend. the weekend but the e the last e is gone the e and end is gone that's weird yeah i've never heard of i've never heard of this band either um <laughs> i think they're a swedish rock group so so swedish, adam swedish fairholme, hardcore band yeah adam fairholme if it wasn't clear who the weekend was there's like uh like five seconds at the beginning of this video maybe longer that it's just like of 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 his face, mm-hmm. so no, I, I kind of I figured because he's the only one with, that doesn't have like X's on their ass cheeks in this video, right? Well, Dakota, is... Dakota Johnson doesn't have X's on her ass cheeks either. She, who's the star of the movie that this is uh, promoting, which is Fifty Shades of Grey. 
Right. Wait, wait. Really? This is promoting Fifty Shades of Grey? Well, it's from the soundtrack. I don't know if the... Someone needs to convince me how this video promotes the movie. Well, I mean, the main character, the main actress is in the video. And I would say that's a big promotion. I get that. Wow. Okay, so... I but so like, I, we have a thing on the site for anybody who's familiar that kind of goes at, through Amazon automatically and picks out the best match it f- can find to to do the album thing. And I just saw the Fifty Shades of Grey album over the on the side, and I was like, "Well, shit, I gotta fix that because that's obviously not correct." Um, <laughs> and 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 even as I was watching the swinging bondage thing, I was like. Fuck! What? Why did it grab the Fifty Shades of Grey soundtrack? This is obviously not from the Fifty Shades of Grey soundtrack. So now I feel like an idiot. Well, so but it, I like even even with Dakota uh, Johnson being in this video, um, like this the tone and like the sexiness of this video, as far as I know, is not like the same tone and sexiness that they strike in Fifty Shades of Grey. Really. Is it? Is Fifty Shades well, of Grey like a bunch of women with ass cheek bo- check marks? No, but this is totally like bondage and black leather and like sexy stuff. This is I guess exactly I don't know anything. Fifty Shades. I don't know of anything about Fifty Shades of Grey. But I felt like Shades Fifty Shades of Grey was just like a a more like modern like romance novel. No, with, it's like, pretty... like Fabio shit. No, it's what like some dark about? stuff. It's some you dark know, you stuff. You remember those like romance novels that would have Fabio on the cover of them? <laughs> I don't think Fifty Shades of Grey is anywhere near that. Oh, no. I guess I, I... All right, that's what I thought it was. It's pretty edgy. It's some edgy stuff. That shit is edgy, too. Have you ever read one of those romance novels? Yeah, they are. You're, that's true. I they haven't sell, read one. They, they sell you them at, like, those? CES. You read one? How many? Like, lots? That's different. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's talk about this video a little bit, because it okay. starts the weekend. Um, and it's kind of a... It, and it's kind of this video is kind of going normcore a little bit. It's basically <laughs> the weekend in the theater. He's the only one in the theater, but on the stage are these women who are kind of they're doing a dance, but they're all dressed up in this weird semi bondage thing where they've got corsets on, but they've also got thongs and tape over their ass cheeks uh, that look like X's. Mm-hmm. Do they have um, X's? On their boobs too, I think they do. Maybe, do they? yeah, they do. I, totally, they got. They do, they do, yeah. So they're doing. Oh this no, little... maybe not. Just pasties. They, okay. They're just pasties. So they're doing a little dance, and <laughs> there's a little bit of humor in here because there's a little like breakdown. <laughs> and if you want to see, be entertained by this, go to one forty-three in the video. There's a little like kind of like beat breakdown, very very quick, like three seconds long. And it's of this girl doing the splits, the one with the X's on her ass cheeks, and she's like <laughs> flexing her ass cheeks to the to the uh, the rhythm of this little breakdown. That's a that's a that's a variation of twerking, I would say. I think that's I I I would argue that that takes more physical prowess than twerking. Oh, it does, but I feel like it's still kind of like is part of the is can be lumped into that conversation. Definitely, it's twerky. It's a derivative. And by the end, Dakota Johnson is hanging in the theater, uh, pink style, in these bondage ropes, kind of swinging around. If anybody's not familiar with Fifty Shades of Grey, it is kind of a romance novel that uh, <laughs> that has Starring it, it Fabio. Stars, stars Fabio. But it but it has the um, 
it has like it, it's famous for having bondage elements, which which I, had I no I, idea. I would I would just like to preface that uh, people from the actual bondage community are against Fifty Shades of Grey because of the relationship that it portrays between the protagonists. It's a it's like the like literally the antithesis of of like a healthy dom sub relationship. But anyway, mm-hmm. we'll we'll get past that. Um, so. I don't know. I, I thought this video was fun. I thought it had a little bit of a humor to it, which may be kind of like a hint of maybe of what the movie will be like. Uh, but it was it was fun. Fifty Shades of Grey funny? No, no, it's uh, not. But it. Not but so, no. Adam, have you read Fifty Shades of Grey? I have. I I know all the women that I know have read it, and hmm. uh, and I'm not. A, I almost read it, but I didn't. <laughs> I know a lot about it though. All the. All the women that you know. Yep. They all read it. Huh. And uh, if anyone doesn't know, uh, Dakota Johnson, who is the female lead in Fifty Shades of Grey's, who hangs at the end of this video from some bondage stuff, is Don Johnson's daughter. Hmm. So there's a little fact for you. Sam Taylor Johnson, the director of this video, uh, no relation. Wait, well, she's not just the daughter of Don Johnson. She's the daughter of John Johnson and Melanie Griffith, right? Which is, she. I mean, she's she has a, a, a which is kind of a rarity, a, a super famous mom and a super famous dad. I don't um, know those, those types shack up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, those types shack up. Um, but they don't all star in Fifty Shades of Grey. No, but they don't. I the, can't believe we talked about this video for so long. I, I threw it on the list because it was the most popular of the week. Well, it's got butts in it, but I think it's kind of funny because the weekend is is kind of such a he's a young guy, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think he's read Fifty Shades of Grey. I don't think he really gives a shit. Um, he seems more like an artist type to me, but he just it, it, this video doesn't. So this is directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. This video does, uh, kind of doesn't know what to focus on, like what people want to see. Do they want to see the weekend? Do they want to see these ladies? It kind of hedges its bet. It kind well, that's of an interesting, equal time. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I think that the weekend's music and and his and all that stuff has always exuded lots of sexiness. So I think he's a natural fit for this soundtrack. But people that are going to see this movie are probably female for the most part. So yeah, yeah. the butts. I don't know. It kind of may be counterproductive. I don't understand the. I I I really don't understand the purpose of. Um, random woman butts in any video. I don't, I don't get what it does. Why? I just don't see the. I just don't see it. Like I don't know what purpose it serves. Like I know what the purpose of putting Nicki Minaj's butt in a music video does. Um, and I think largely like the people who went and watched Anaconda, uh, for, who were watching it for butts, were watching it for hers, not for like the other. Strange girls that are in there, like a very small number of people were looking for those other girls. I think compared to the number of people who were watching for Nicki Minaj. So you like... you need those butts to be like very well justified. These ones are not. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Well, like, you're on the inter- You're on the internet. If you want to watch a butt, why are you going to watch a weekend video? Well, they... I mean, and, I, and that's the thing. His videos have always had a lot of butts. But I don't know that this one should maybe have. I'm not saying that's what I want, but guy butts would make more sense. Hmm. That's what I want in this video too. 
Would those uh, make more sense? Because I thought the anyway. The, so I don't know what makes sense maybe both bots just like a lot of just mix it up. Yeah, but I mean, it doesn't like I'm not like super excited to be seeing Nicki Minaj's butts like it, but like it's like a some secret thing or whatever. I mean, it's, it's not just, that everybody's got secret... a butt. It's, it's many people have nicer butts than Nicki Minaj. Doesn't matter if it's hers or not. It takes all kinds of butts. That that, I understand that that's how you feel about it. Mm-hmm. But the reason it got all of the views was not like people who were like, I want to see, like if anyone was watching that music video for the purpose of watching it for butts, mm-hmm. it was for the famous butt and not for can, the random peoples. Can we get a count on how many times we just said butts? Well, whatever. <laughs> it's better than if we were like some kind of like New, in- New England Patriots interview and all we were talking about was balls. Uh, can we talk about like a video that's like super good? Yeah. Well, what is your favorite video of the week, Doug? That we should let's talk about my okay. My favorite video of the week is uh, "Can't Control My Love" uh, by Total Giovanni. Um, what'd you guys think of this video? Totes Giovanni. Totes Giovanni. Totes. Yeah, that's what I call them. Totes Giovanni too. Uh, yeah, this was my favorite video of the week. I feel like this video is nothing like. The th- three videos we just talked about. We'll ta- walk us through this video a little bit. <laughs> okay, so this video um, centers around, like, what kind of feels like a small town. And there's, like, these older kind of bully kids and these younger bullied kids uh, in the video. And one of the bullied um, kind of through a video game that features Totes Giovanni in it um, kind of gets the gall uh, to stand up to these bullies and as the bullies are picking on a girl he uh, first kind of like rushes them and knocks the dude down and when you think it's going to be a fight uh, the kid just starts like dancing like breaking it down (laughs) and the other like older bigger kid like can't do anything to him like he just like decides to not fight him like because the kid is just dancing so awesome and uh <laughs> like that's essentially what happens and like in the distance like the kid like looks over before he goes and does it and like the band is there like encouraging him and it, what's really interesting to me about this video is like the narrative elements of this video like are very real feeling and then all of the stuff with the band is absurd. Like them, them performing in the video game. They're like singing into hair dryers and in like oh, the space, instruments. The instruments are space, epic. Space uniforms, but it like it like for some reason because of how grounded the narrative elements are. Like it, it's you're all right with it. It doesn't like you don't like lose it. It doesn't take you out of the story, and it like just makes so much sense. And the kids are really good. Like the young kid dancing. He just like he makes all these like smirks and faces uh, that are really like charming and endearing, and yeah, uh, I just like I, love this video. I'm not sure if you mentioned, but it's definitely set it in the '80s. Um, he's playing Metroid on his Nintendo console, and no, he's uh, not. He's yeah, playing, absolutely. He's not playing. Uh, I thought he was playing uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No, he's playing Metroid. Sorry. Oh man. That just ruined a lot of things for me. Sorry. <laughs> you hate this video serious. now. Yeah, this video, is, this video is the worst. Okay, yeah. The, now, now that you say that, I, I saw that immediately, and it was like, oh, that's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But that, yeah, you're right. It is Metroid. Damn it. And oh, oh, and I forgot to mention that, like, he, he also the girl, the girl head 
that he envisions on the Metroid bottle body. Mm-hmm. It's like the girl who he saves. Mm-hmm. It's cute. It's yeah, cute. he's got a thing for that girl, like right from the yeah, beginning. Yeah, like his crush. Yeah. And this, this is, I, I thought, both musically and the video very much reminded me of something that maybe a Chromeo fan would be into. Hmm. Hmm. There's some similarities. How maybe so? just the song, but I could see this video being... I mean, the stock is a lot different than what we see with the Chromeo video, but um, they would wear funny things, and, and they sound kind of like this. I think that this video kind of dis- taps into an interesting like emotional vein for for some music and i think that you know there's the element of music that you you know you like the the music or the style or whatever but then there's also this element of like you like the people that are making it um and you kind of imagine they're on your side a little bit i think especially i i I did this when i was younger a little bit more than i do now but i think that plays into rap music as well like a lot of rap music you know, people will listen to rap music who are not familiar with it and hear like, um, you know, I uh, like what's a good rap lyric that talks about like basically, I'm going to steal your girl and and have sex with her and she likes me better. Uh, like a like a specific lyric, or just like you know you you know what I'm talking about in general, basically. You yeah, know, there's like, like that. There's a song called "Mr. Steal Your Girl." Exactly. Yeah, stuff like that where it's like very first, like everybody everything in rap is first person, like. I am cooler than you. I'm going to make more money than you. Uh, you know, I'm going to steal your girl because you suck. You know, these kind of things. And you were listening to it. You don't think like, oh, shit, like I, I'm an idiot. You know, it's not something you listen to to like feel like crap and put yourself in the place of the person that, you know, Drake or Lil Wayne or any of these other rappers are talking the to. Girlfriend. Exactly. You're, yeah. You're, you're thinking Drake in the situation. Yeah. You're thinking, yeah, you're thinking of like, you're on the side of, of, of Drake. Basically you're on that level. Like when I he's listen, on your side, basically. Yeah. See, I take it a step further. When I listen to Drake, I am Drake. <laughs> I am Drake. Like everything he's saying hap- is me. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that happened. Oh my God. And you Let's put yourself put Drake on. You put yourself in the place of that, and I think, like, you know, especially maybe when I was uh, younger or whatever, I, I kind of took that a step farther. I could see myself p- putting myself in the place of this where you're kind of, like, faced by these bullies. And, you know, if you're, like, really affected by music, then you might think, like, oh, well, I've, like, subconsciously, like, you've got, you know, these people that you listen to on your side. This kind of, like, part of who you are in, in a way wow that's fucking that's that was so well put dude that's awesome yeah was that oh wow i i, th- I thought i was super losing steam no, but there we man, go no, so much man like i just now like thought back in my head and like like definitely as a kid did that shit like mm-hmm. like if i was like like i you know kids listen to music and like use it to like get through shit and like and like empathy like that's why i i'm drake like i listen to drake and it's like (laughs) fuck yeah like i got the confidence of drake like i can steal people's girls like that's terrible that i can do that but i have the i possess the ability like i never would like girls aren't property of which to be stolen but like the fact that i have the power is empowering and so um and then I channel that into like my math homework or spelling test. <laughs> so uh, yeah, totally, dude. Like what? It, like that's such an interesting layer that you uh, that you found in this video. That like yeah, I definitely didn't pick up on, uh, but I, it to- it's it, it's there, man. I dig it. I dig it. 
and and even on you know like a surface level of just like a narrative and being a really interesting video i think this video just like this is definitely my favorite of the week kind of like pulled in all of those elements um <clears throat> and even the casting for this is really really good um it could be yeah. especially because they're all wearing flannel for some reason yeah it's 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 a very interesting video like the way it's kind of presented is interesting too like how it opens up with just like this shot of the of like a television being smashed without like much context mm. and everything kind of builds out um yeah i really like this video hey adam uh do you have a favorite of this week uh well i i do but i think i want to talk about another one on the list real quick because i think it's worth mentioning um the staves video for black and white mm, yeah um this is this has some it's a narrative video and uh has really great performances from both of the uh news anchor uh personas it's a male and a female and kind of what they've done in the video is um they kind of give you the in between when the when the broadcast has gone live the one female who's apparently uh romantically involved with the male They're she finds out that uh, he's been cheating on her, and then we kind of get her reactions while they're live, and uh, it's very suspenseful. And then they fight in between shots, and uh, yeah, super cool. Like, did you guys have anything to add on this video? I yeah, it, it all it all kind of like plays out. Like the very beginning of the video is the makeup girl whispering into the female anchor's ear, anchor's ear, that her husband, who is her co-anchor, has been cheating on her with the weather lady, and. Then it just like go like right after she finds that information, it's like a cut to the director who is like, You're on in five, and then he like counts it down. So like the whole video has this like tense kind of like knowledge of them being like on live TV as this is playing out. And it like it plays out in a really like kind of interesting way where like it cuts to the like what you're seeing on the broadcast and and then what's like actually happening, and like on the broadcast, like only half of what is like actually happening is shown on television. So you're like getting both perspectives and it's like a really just like interesting view of this like narrative playing out. And I, I think the acting is actually really great kind of across the board. All these like little strange characters who like you can, who are doing like what they'd normally be doing on a news set, but also like you can tell they're interacting like with their eyes and like reacting to what's going on with these anchors as well it's like a very and, like um, interesting the, thing that falls apart the members of the staves portray the supporting roles so the makeup girl and the weather girl are the uh members of the group which is also <laughs> a cool little thing well there's three so the staves are kind of like the english heim right they're all three sisters there's Emily's, oh yeah there they are there's emily staves i think it's Stavely. Uh, Stavely Taylor, Jessica Stavely Taylor, and Camilla Stavely Taylor. Um, and I believe uh, Jessica is the weather girl, Camilla is the director's assistant, and then Emily Stavely Taylor is the makeup girl who initially starts this whole thing. And it, I think it's interesting, you know, we, we come across videos that have like a narrative kind of speaking element to them a lot. But it's kind of funny that in this entire video, nobody like says any dialogue at all except um, for the, the very beginning uh yeah oh sorry at the very beginning yeah we, we hear that because i don't think it's like reasonable to assume people would be able to lip read that 
Um, but after that, it's basically like an entire narrative that plays out. And, and we see narratives play out without dialogue a lot. But it's interesting that this narrative plays out with a ton of dialogue, but we never hear any of the dialogue. No, none of it's much very important, except you do, I could make out that she goes and whispers to the male anchor immediately after telling the female anchor. She goes and whispers to the male anchor, she knows. Yeah. So she, uh, like, that's true. She I was drops, trying to figure out what she was saying, yeah. Yeah, she drops the bomb on both of them. Like, what an, like, what a crazy character that is. And, and I mean, uh, who just, like, uh, it's kind of... Who like just sets these dominoes to crash? Like she intentionally just like let on live TV this shit. Like she wanted all of this to happen essentially. And the, the I was just gonna in... mention oh, go um, that it's also kind of cool that like um, the dialogue that we see the the lip uh, reading part of it. I, I think a lip reader could probably tell what they're saying. All the shots are very clear of what's being said. So when they're arguing, um, I think someone could probably tell us exactly what they're saying. Yeah, I wonder if they even like had a uh, specific stuff there if it was all just like emotions and they could say whatever they wanted. But like I still feel like like it's interesting that there's like a lot of talking, there's like a lot of mouth moving in this video, but like none of it really like does much to carry the story along. Uh, it's all in like just like kind of the emo- like the reactions and in the in like people's physical behavior and and not about what they're saying. It's kind of funny that they chose Australia in the '90s as the kind of like place and time that they would show this because it's it's obvious that the um, the entire art department went to great pains to make this in the '90s, early '90s at that. Um, and in Australia, obviously, anybody who has a speaking role has, like, a heavy Australian accent. And even the, like, yeah. the, the map the Weather Girl, you know, is using is obviously, you know, Australia. Um, but well, it's, partially, it's, just, it's an interesting, like, artistic choice. Yeah, well, partially I think that it helps sell, like, the cut between the narrative elements and, like, the news bits mm-hmm. by having it. Because, like, the news bits look like a 90s show, um, whereas, like, the narrative elements are shot like um, something that was made today and so uh, I think it helps like make that balance but it is funny because like they really do sell it across the board as like being 90s like it is very like they did painstakingly made everyone look like they were from that era Mm -hmm. and I think that uh, if there's an article that we'll link to uh, interview with uh, 1.4 about the video and uh, the director mentions that there's this YouTube clip about um, a news reporter insulting their uh, female colleague on on air. Um, And it is an Australian news reporting organization. So I think that's... Oh, I think I thought I saw the other way. I saw one that was Australian and and like the lady gets the guy. He like says something like, um, you know, it's like, oh, it's so surprising that something so small can have such a big impact. And she's like, "Well, you'd know something about that," and like then k- hits her h- hits her news thing, uh, you know, turns the, turns on a dime with a dick joke. So probably something different. You know what? That is exactly the clip. Um, oh, it was, fun! It was, yeah, it is the woman insulting him. Um, so there we go. That's it. Now you now everyone knows it. Uh, I mean, this, Adam, is, this is 80s Australia, by the way, as well, that I uh, I think we're just misplacing the time. Yeah, I, I, I actually thought that it felt more 80s, too. Um, 
Do you have a favorite video of the week, Adam Fairholme? Adam Fairholme, do I have a favorite video of the week? I actually, um, I wouldn't call it my favorite video of the week, but it's one, Doug, that you picked that I kind of wanted to bring up because I found it really com- oddly, oddly compelling. Um, and that is for Tobias Gesso Jr. And the song is How Could You Babe? Cool. Um, I, I also was, found this odd, oddly compelling. Yeah. Um, this is a video, you know, in 2014, now 15, I think we're very used to music being either like electronic in some way uh, or kind of produced in some way. And this video is by a guy named Tobias Jesso Jr., which I had not encountered before. I don't know if you had Doug. I think he's a new boy. He's yeah, a new he's boy. A yeah, he's a he's a young, super young guy. Um, obviously plays the piano, um, but reminded me of you know uh, kind of younger artists in their like like really early stages, like uh, like Dylan or the Beatles or whatever. Um, where they would write these really kind of like simple emotional songs. And I've always wondered what those artists would do music video wise. Like, would it be something really large and conceptual? Would it be something stripped down? And this video is kind of somewhere in between. It's called How Could You Babe? And a lot of it is this guy, Tobias Gesso Jr., in and around L.A. playing this little piano in different places. He's like, well, it's not that it's not that little. It's, I mean, it's a full size. It's not like a, a keyboard that it's you can put under your arm. Yeah, yeah, it's a stand. I mean, it's it's a it's a uh, um, upright piano. Right. Um, it's not a baby grand, but it's you know, two people have to carry it. Right. He's like at a beach. He's at like a skate park. Um, but it's shot. It's by it's by Grant Singer. Um, and I watched this without knowing that it was directed by Grant Singer. Grant Singer has directed, uh, you know, videos for Sky Ferreira, probably most famously, as well as Sleigh Bells and Little Dragon. Um, Ariel Pink. And Ariel Pink, yeah. Some f- fantastic videos for Ariel Pink. Um, but he brings, like, this, like, there, there's no real, like, effects in this video. There's no real artifice in this video. It's a really, like, uh, kind of refreshingly honest video. And, like... There's nothing really, you know, it's, there's nothing really to, like, hang on to as a hook, but I was, like, glued for the whole four minutes. I loved the, this video. Grant Singer does this style of video, like, as good as anybody. Um, my One of my favorite Sky Forever videos is the Everything is Embarrassing video. That's and a like, great video, yeah. And we talked to Grant about that video a little bit on the podcast, but we also did like an interview where we, uh, a blog interview where we talked just about this video. And the way he talks about it was that like, it was like not much like, like they just like went out and made it, you know, like there wasn't too much artifice that you like you talk about, like it wasn't too much like, and I think that he just like naturally knows how to like take the artist and like let them be themselves on screen and like knows how to capture it in a way that like that helps elevate that and you know i think that everything is embarrassing like feels a lot like um uh, how could you babe in in that way yeah and the, the song is is very very honest the video in turn is very very honest and you kind of like you know you get the sense that you're watching the beginning of someone's career kind of in a way 
um, or someone. Yeah, like, I've, I I feel like this is uh, uh, this guy's pretty buzzy. Uh, mm-hmm. Alexander, is that so? Yeah, he's definitely like an up and comer for this year. Lots of blog buzz. Yeah, and it's uh, j- just to reiterate, uh, Grant Singer can do other types of videos really well too. I just feel like he's like really kind of mastered this kind. Um, you know, he can definitely do something larger and more, um, you know, complex. But you know, these stripped down videos are are really working for me. And even in the the larger, more complex videos he does, I mean, the focus is always on the people. Um, and not even the relationships, uh, which is really interesting. He, he he tends to focus on them as like singular people, like in the "Put Your Number in My Phone" video by Ariel Pink. Um, <laughs> he manages to do. He just manages to, to take videos that have like like very interesting concepts and make them about people. Um, when if you ask the average person off the street who had seen this video, that video for the you know the Ariel Pink video, or like the I Blame Myself video, um, or any number of videos, they wouldn't describe it that way. But what they're really describing is how you know interesting and how like magnetic the person was, um, which is a really kind of like rare quality in a director to be able to let that person shine without building like a huge structure around them you know mm-hmm. totally um but anyway yeah but i think that's good i think we could stop there i it was a long list we talked a long <laughs> t- we talked a long time about charlie xcx and what and we and hopefully she's listening and takes and took all our career notes because we we got <laughs> we got this thing licked and we're the guys to go to um uh, we solved this for we solved the we solved the riddle the um, riddle of fame and if you want to see any of the videos we've talked about or any of the links we've talked about um, go to imvdb.com slash podcast they will all be there this is episode 140 I believe 141 maybe uh, either 140 or 141 140 um, and if you mentioned uh, heard us mention Sing J Lee uh, Doug and Adam's new podcast series of interviews with people that it will be the first interview and that'll be coming out either this week or the next yeah probably hopefully next because that would be fun for everybody for all of us it would be fun for everybody um most of all uh me because i'm not on it and so you get to listen you guys adam and and i don't know if you know this but doug specifically kicked me off of that podcast yeah, I, I, was like, I was like, Adam, uh, you don't have time to do more than one podcast. So No, hey. it wasn't even that. Adam said that. Doug said, uh, you're going to embarrass us. Yeah, uh, you, don't, you, always, you always ask the shit questions. It's always, this goes back to 2012 when I asked uh, Prince EA what the scene no, was Prince like. No, Prince E. Where you ask Prince E what the scene was like in St. Louis. Like, so what's the scene out there? What's the scene in St. Louis? That's the, that was your lead question. That was your lead question on the music video podcast. I had it written down, podcast. yeah. That was on the music question. video podcast. He, he rose up back up again and, and you know, like, internet people paid attention to him for a while. A but, couple but, he, but, like, not as, like, a make learning cool rapper. No, it was a completely different thing. He was on Glenn Beck. Yeah. <laughs> 
I swear to God, there's, there's an interview of like Glenn Beck in like in like dad jeans interviewing and like loafers interviewing interviewing Prince E on like a couch in a studio and uh, and like in a TV studio, not in a rap studio. And uh, it's terrible. It's terrible. Not like oh, it's bad, but it's great. <laughs> it's also great. <laughs>